There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Color Grade listeners. I'm your host, KB, and welcome to the Color Grade podcast. Are you seeing all the colors? The Color Grade podcast is an always unfiltered, always enlightening, and uniquely opinionated podcast about television and film that goes in-depth with guests that give a Black, POC, or queer perspective. Join me as I discuss highly anticipated movies and shows with fellow critics and friends of the podcast, interview some of your favorite artists about their recent or upcoming projects, and leave you with my recommended must-see watch list. Stay tuned. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Color Grade Podcast. I am your host, KB, and we have a great episode ahead this week in which we are diving into Hulu's thriller, Run. So for this episode, I have some amazing Domino Sound family and hosts of the Scream Queen podcast, Tommy Andrea. So welcome to the Color Grade Podcast, guys. Oh, yes. Thanks for having us. I'm Tommy Teams Pico, Indigenous poet, podcaster, screenwriter. I'm so excited to be here because I love this show. And um, in the before time, let me just fangirl a little bit, but in the before times, I made my income mostly by touring uh, colleges and stuff as a poet and like doing um, lectures and all that kind of stuff. And uh, my last tour was in February and that was when the color grade came out. And I remember, I have so many fond memories of like, um, like trying to find my hotel outside of UPenn while hearing you talk about Zola or like trying to find a grocery store outside of UT Austin just to get lunch while listening to you talk about like bad hair and stuff like that. So I'm so excited to be here. I'm such a fan and I'm so glad I get to watch the movies with you this time. Cause I like, I loved the show before, but I never got to see the movies. But now <laughs> talking about Selena's wigs and all that kind of stuff, I get to actually watch the things while listening to the show. Oh, well, thank Selena's you so wigs. much. Yes, terrible. But thank you so much for listening. And I will, you know, I am the season two host. Joy was season one, but I was on guesting on a couple of episodes. And I'm definitely going to relay everything you said to Joy as well, because she was a fabulous, fabulous host. And we had a great time in season one talking about all these crazy movies. But I'm so glad to have you guys for this one, you know, regardless of Selena's wigs, um, which are just terrible. <sighs> Man, they they should have done my girl better. Oh, I don't know what the fuck happened there. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's my opinion on that. (laughs) Do better. Do better. Do better always. Yes. So for <laughs> those people who are unfamiliar about the film we are talking about today, we are getting into Run, which is about Chloe Sherman, portrayed by Kira Allen, who is a homeschool teenager that begins to suspect that her mother, Diane, portrayed by the iconic queen of white woman horror, Sarah Paulson, um, is keeping a deep secret from her. So I will start with you, Drea, because we were chatting a little bit about this before we actually hit record. How do you feel about Run? Um, okay, first reaction, loved. I, I did. Um, I loved the film and 
I also have big issues with the film, but I feel like the film wasn't meant to be like, it's not supposed to be perfect. Like it's a, it's a B horror film and that's why they get to get away with a lot of shit. So I'll, I'll start there. I really, I, I'm a fan. I must say. I love that you said a B-horror film. <laughs> like, you know you know what you're getting when you get a B-horror film. Tommy, mm-hmm. how did you feel about Run? Okay, what I liked about Run, I liked its sense of atmosphere and its claustrophobia. And when I start, when I read about it, I, I noticed that it was written by Anish Chaganthi and Sevohenian, whose previous film was Searching with John Cho, that had a mm-hmm. similar claustrophobia because it was confined to the computer screen. And so I thought they were very good at conveying, at, at providing atmosphere um, alongside um, shenanigans. And this was, you know, this is giving me sort of misery, giving me a little bit of mommy dearest. It's interesting that it came out on Hulu because that they just did the act, that. which was about Dee Dee Blanchard and Gypsy Rose and Munchausen by Proxy, which this is all kind of talking about. Um, and a little bit of a like spell, you know, that movie that just came out with um, Loretta Devine. It's like a similar, like similar to misery where it's like, it, it's, um, it hinges on one character being kind of incapacitated by a caregiver. I also and, noticed that you you said to think about I didn't I forgot that this was the, from the director of screen or searching. Um, they used the same redhead girl that was the catfish in searching. She was in the uh, the the Washington uh, University like she was in their brochure. And I was like, oh. why do I recognize that redhead? And now I know. So anyway, and they love. Oh. I know that those writers love doing the um, Easter eggs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Guys, I feel like Run was good for what it was, but oftentimes I was like, what? I felt like by the end of the film, I kind of was like, is there an hour missing? Like, I almost needed a little bit more in the script because I definitely felt like, you know, we got to the point where we see that, you know, Diane, uh, we see the reason why Diane is so unhinged. You know, her her newborn dies after just a couple of hours. She kidnaps, um, who is now Chloe, because we actually don't know her birth name. So she kidnaps that baby and she creates a Chloe out of this child. But then I just feel like things go left, but... They don't go left enough for me. Like, I felt like I just needed more. I was like, okay. So Chloe figures out like, whoo, my mama um, is, you know, kind of creating all of these additional scenarios to hold me hostage in this house. And she sees the postman coming. And, you know, I'm like, okay, girl, if your mom is dangerous, you know, probably don't involve anyone else. I mean, I get it because you're trying to figure out a way to, to make this happen. But, you know, he's going to die, girl. Like, I mean, that's the only option. The only option is for him to end. Listen, right. <laughs> knowing knowing that full well, you know, Dre and I are scholars of these kinds of movies. But, like, I was still, as a self-identified uh, uh, jumpy bitch, when she got on that post, man, I still did the jump. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> she did, not. Tommy. Of course she did. <laughs> and I saw, she went off frame. You know, we knew it was right. happening and still, I was like, no, Tony or whatever his name was. I thought she was, was. going to shoot him. I Same. thought she was going to pull the gun out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I knew as, as soon as they, they kept doing, when they do those certain angles, when you know somebody could potentially come from this side, but you can't see that side, it makes you feel so separated from the movie. Like, oh, I just want to look, but they're not letting me. So I thought she was going to club him in the head with something first. We all knew he was going to mm. die. Like, we yes. all knew he was going to die. Because it was that kind of stereotypical trope. But I actually thought she was yeah. just going to shoot him in the back of the head while he wasn't, you know, like, while he was still yeah. facing the daughter. And that was going to be it. But she clearly like, gets off uh, of administering unnecessary medications on people. So yes. that, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. But I, My I feel kitchen like, scientist um, queen. 
<laughs> I feel like, uh, like similar to Invisible Man, uh, that remake. So what they did right with it was they didn't go into they tr- they didn't try to take off of the. I don't know, the, the storyline it kind of gave to itself. There was moments in which I thought like, wow, I'm really going to get bored with this because I already know where this film is heading. And But it was fun. I think, I, did I see that with you, Tommy? Did we see Invisible Man together? Or yes, was all and like you definitely took a picture of me in that theater with my hands oh, like this. Did. And my hat sure like this, and then my hoodie pulled up, and then my legs As in front of my face. freaking flautas in Alamo. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I feel like this film... I, I didn't want it to go. I felt like I was really happy it didn't have that extra hour. I've seen this film already, and those this film makes me feel really cringy, like and, and which is what they the effect they want to have on the audience. But it's like when that drags on, you know, like I can I can watch misery over and over again, you know, and I can handle that tension. But with knowing that what the story is going to be, I don't think it was about the twists and the turns. I think it was about like the acting, I think Sarah Paulson. It was just about I was ready for the crazy to drop. I'm like, oh, there it goes. Look at look at her eye. There goes that twitch. And I was just waiting for those moments. Yeah, because I do feel like Sarah has this uncanny ability to make you uncomfortable in almost any scene that she's in. Like, she don't have to be doing much, and you feel like, oh, child, what's yeah. gonna happen next? Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen I've seen enough American horror stories to know right. that she does unhinge my nerves very well. Yeah, right. and Nurse Ratchet. Yes. That and, was, and that she was just will thing. smile at you, and you feel terror. And it's like I don't understand why I'm afraid, and you're smiling. Like this is yes. not the reaction I should have. I have a question for you guys, and this is regarding Miss Paulson's performance. And getting, I'm thinking about the mommy dearest of it all. Mm-hmm. Does she pull this off without going camp? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I think she did for sure. Yeah, I actually yeah, really this- enjoyed her performance. It was tasteful. It wasn't too extreme, but it was extreme. And it was all believable. I also, I, I kind of felt like by the end when when you thought Homegirl was like, they were friends or something and she was living in this nursing home or something. I, I almost thought they were trying to show this, like the fact that she's not just a villain. Like she went through pain too. And they're trying to show you that side of, you know, miscarriage and what's going on. So I thought that's what they were trying to do right there. And I thought that was an interesting take, you know, because yeah. it, it's too, it's, because we are very quick to victim or to uh, villainize certain characters and not really understand where they're coming from. But I really like the ending. I like when she busted out the pills out her mouth and she was like, there you go. There you go. <laughs> you know what? Yes. Because for me, I'm like, listen, there are a lot of things we can do, but I did not want to empathize. I didn't want to empathize with Diane. Like uh-uh. at the end of the day, I was like, Diane, girl, what you need is some therapy some heavy drugs maybe even I don't know and just you need to let this child go who is clearly not yours and the level of codependency that you guys have going on the level of abuse that you're doing but you're doing it out of quote-unquote love I said no for me though I will say the best kind of scene for me in terms of Sarah's performance is when she was sitting in the dark in that kitchen. Oh my god. Chloe was on oh the my internet. fucking god. I, I wanted like, more of that. Oh, that's something yes, that's something yes. I could have had way more of. Yeah. Yes, because it was just the right amount of creepiness. Like I was yeah. like, oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh I feel yeah. so uncomfortable. Like, mm. oh. I was I was I mean I kind of really did like how quickly it ex- it accelerated, you know? Like it's straight from okay now you get you're giving me fucking dog medicine, bitch. Now she's locked in a room. 
now she's I mean it it was rapid and now this bitch has got to climb on the roof and with a, with a mouthful of water I'm like why is this bitch got a why mouthful of water? water yes I still don't understand why she had that mouthful of water but and then like, I mean, was then it to was break like, the window like, I, yeah, yeah, because like, it, it, it created that thing. But I was, yeah. it was just so damn funny, that whole, like, struggle. And anyway, it was just a whole lot for her. That's and one of my biggest complaints, to get out of that house. But, I will say that's one of my biggest complaints of the film, though, because she realized in that moment that her legs did work. And I was kind of like, why aren't you leaving now? Like, or attempting to leave or coming up with a plan. Like, for me, she just ended up kind of back in the same situation. You know, she she rolled out of her window just to roll into her mama's window just to come. I was like, if I'm going to roll out the window, I'm going all the way. Like, I'm going to go mean, down the roof and I'm going to try to go somewhere else immediately. I'm not going to do all these extra steps. Well, I mean, she couldn't really... You saw how hard it was for her just to drag herself. Right. So they really wanted to emphasize that. So she needed her wheelchair to get anywhere. So like that, that's why she had to go back around to get back into her room like that all i get that so that's why they they were they really wanted to like pack it on hard like get that this girl cannot move without this damn wheelchair here's what i will say about that scene in particular that i enjoyed um because this is this speaking about you know horror thriller tropes like this classic woman in peril crawling across the ground that happens in so many horror movies that like usually the pursuer is a man in a mask with a huge knife slowly creeping on her, waiting to drive the knife into her head or whatever. But in this one, the killer is coming from inside her body, right? Because it's her asthma. and She's trying to get to her medication and that's what makes the stakes of her crawling on the ground back to her room so high. So I, I liked that innovation on a classic horror movie thing. And also like her, oof, when she threw herself down the stick, mm, when she threw herself down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, she and was she was funny. <laughs> it was though, because I think she wasn't even expecting it. Like, it was kind of like, I know I have she to do it, it, but I have no idea what's coming on the other side of this. That shit was, she, then I was like, and I was so down for her acting. Like, this is her uh, film debut, um, uh, Kira Allen, and she, she was the shit. Yeah, I was really into her performance. I also really, really appreciate that the actress playing someone with a disability was an actress who actually ha- needs a wheelchair. So that wasn't like, they weren't just getting some random act. It was like, that was really intentional. I thought that was really good. And you know, like the whole thing about a final girl, right? Is that she reaches a point of resolve and strength through intense fear. Like that is the formula for a final girl. And like her journey, I mean, aside from the end is like all of this, like trying to just get around and manage um, without with her disability, without her wheelchair, you know, trying to like get to the thing to get the thing prescribed, calling some random man to ask him to Google something for her. What was that? I would have never, <laughs> never thought to do that. I mean, because the way she was like, hmm, Seattle. 411. Right, right. So, and so, like, so like, it was Justify very funny. Justify that, that your mom is lying to you about these pills and what the I color also of wondered, the pill is specifically. <laughs> I also wonder, so when she got off the computer, she deleted her history. Cause, and her mother didn't ask her about her deleting her history. Because she, she asked her, like, know. why? Because, cause, I mean, they didn't show that. And I just thought that was kind of like, you know, maybe she would have known. And, but I, they didn't. They just showed her get off the computer and go away. They didn't show was, her delete. Anyway, it's stupid. It was it's, interesting it's like because I do deal. feel like Diane was always 12 steps ahead of Chloe. But Chloe was brilliant, right? Like, I mean, yeah. like, she's in her room building It took her robots, basically like, days 
She was out of that house in basically days. I mean, you say she, she was should have ran, but you think I'm saying days she was out of that house. Well, and before, I didn't mean she should have ran. She I just out. meant she should have went. Like you know, she had gone one level over, kind of that that first. Um, part of the roof, like when she had like, you know, gotten herself of that first part of the roof, I was like, she yeah. really should, you know, just go the full way, you know, and just maybe try to like crawl through the front door to get back to her wheelchair. I just wanted her to go all the way. I'm like, go all the way. Don't stop into your mom's room. But to Tommy's point, she was having an asthma attack because she had like such anxiety and there were so many things happening at once. And her asthma, um, as we saw often during the movie, was triggered by like, you know, her anxiety in a lot of ways. And so she was having that huge asthma attack. So to be fair, Tommy is right. Like she needed to actually go back through that way. Cause I was like, no, just go all the way down. Like just roll one more time and then maybe use the front door. Um, but she was like, nah, listen, I, I got this under lock, which to be fair, I do feel like she was brilliant in the sense that everything that she was doing, I would have never thought of in a horror movie or not. Like in general, mm-hmm. I would not have thought to fill my mouth with water to make it, you know, for the window. I would have never thought of any of these things. So y'all know how long I would have survived. I would have just died. <laughs> I kept thinking like, why now? You know, like the why mm-hmm. now of this film. And I think metaphorically, it's like, you know, she's graduating high school, potentially going off to college. It is a moment for every child who is in that position where they're getting a modicum of independence from their parents, sometimes at the parents' anxiety or at the parents' peril, because up until then, you know, you've been really dependent on them. And the, and the, the whole, the tragedy of, of motherhood and childhood is that at a certain point, you know, you have taken the steps to keep this thing alive when it tries to die actively. Kids will just run into the ends of tables. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> I kept you alive for so long. You know, you want, so it was like that times 10. You know, or it was like, actually, this is a disordered person who's had a complicated grief event happen in their life that traumatized them to the point of definitely needing psychiatry. You know what I mean? And like to take that out on somebody else. And I thought that was interesting. Because, yeah, I have a sensitivity towards it. I do. I do. And even though she's fucking crazy, it's because I I I really do have a a heart for the the situation that woman was going through. I think like absolutely I would have killed her. Uh, if yes. I was in that situation, but yes. I could, I, I, I can separate the two and understand. Oh, you have been through it, and there's no coming back from for for you. Like mm-hmm. you have been through such a trauma, and that you don't even realize the pain that you're inflicting. Like you truly believe that you're doing good out in this world, and, and that's the beauty. <laughs> that's the beauty. Two things can be true, right? So, like, you know, we understand that you have this trauma, but also, girl, this does not excuse your behavior when it comes At to Chloe all. because you kidnapped her, then you abused her for 18 years. Um, and so, yeah. like, I understand, but also, ma'am. So, like, also, when she got shot, when she got shot, I actually thought that she died. This? But yeah, she only got like, shot I in the shoulder. She only got shot in the <laughs> I know, but then I thought they were because it was from like Chloe's perspective after that. Yeah, and she kind of fell down. I thought maybe they were doing more gunfire, but apparently they weren't. And then you know, kind of Chloe's no. eyes just kind of glazed over, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I had no, a she's only going to prison. I had a huge. That was my biggest uh, problem with this movie was that scene, and the, a, a white woman lifts up a gun, and it's up for several seconds before any in any movie in any real life situation. A black person, a person of color, would have lifted up that gun, would have barely, would have touched their pocket and gotten lit the fuck up. That is just, yeah, um, that is plain say. and simple. They shot this bitch in the shoulder and not even the shoulder that had the gun in it. 
Okay? The so her gun shoulder. is still up. Her <laughs> gun is still up. And they, and she's just standing there. Okay? So I was, I was at first I was like, okay, so she died from the fall. Okay? Because you saw blood or whatever on the ground when she hit the stairs. And I was, I was like, that's not how she should have died. You know, and, and first of all, she should have got shot up at least in the leg or the kneecap or something. Like, they didn't even try. And, and I know she was there in the wheelchair. I know she was there in the wheelchair, but still, like, there's a person pointing a gun at you. Cops are trigger happy, most of them. And we know this. This is not, you know, this is all very uh, televised. We all know about it. So, yeah, that was just, I don't understand that. I was wondering if maybe they were trying to make a statement by doing that, like showing, because, you know, for everything from the 911 call, to uh like i'm gonna call 911 and to you know i'm gonna I feel I brazen enough scene. yeah that was probably I my favorite scene to pull this gun really? out yeah that was your favorite scene when she called 911 because no we, when she when she was like i'm gonna call 911 and he was like yeah the reception's pretty shitty out here and she was like well, yeah, anyway. I know. like that was fucking hilarious <laughs> i was no, like it was, was pete karen's bullshit it yeah. was pete karen yeah. pete karen. <laughs> karen was like pete. well i don't care we're still gonna do something else like you're you're gonna get me okay you know what i'll follow you to the hospital <laughs> dirty diane really is like Pete Karen. She's like apex of the Karens. Like, oh, yes, she is. I, here's what I'll say. Also, the thing is that there were some stuff in this film that were foregone conclusions. And I mean, mm-hmm. like, in conventional plot of conventional commercial cinema, if you have one character that starts off trapped and one character that starts off mobile, by the end, the trapped character is going to be mobile and the mobile mm-hmm. character is going to be trapped. Like I kind of saw that coming. And I also like the fact of Diane embellishing her daughter or her quote unquote daughter's illness. We all knew that was going to happen. We all know about Dee uh, Dee and Gypsy and all that. We know all this. We know all, the, all these things. But I will say there were a couple of twists that I personally didn't see coming. I didn't see that Chloe wasn't going to actually be her daughter. I didn't personally see that coming. I didn't I also, either. And I didn't see... I saw that. I, I was actually... And I'm not... not This because I watched too many fucking horror movies, but <laughs> I've seen that done before. I, I was one of my first guesses uh, oh, in really? the beginning or right, right around the time when I saw her go downstairs and, and watch that birthday tape. I thought, oh my, like, why is that little girl eating ice cream and walking? And I was like, that's probably not her kid. And that, so anyway. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I never even thought about that. That's a good theory, mm-hmm. though. Because I, I saw the birthday tape and I was like, why are we watching this? Um, and then I just moved on to the next scene. But I never thought, I never thought that that baby we saw in the hospital died basically immediately. Like pretty much once we saw it in the hospital, I never thought that that child. But it makes child... sense. Yeah. Right, right, they, right, right. They, they like wanted to confuse us. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, their reaction wasn't, oh, you're. Uh, she's like, my baby's going to be okay, right? And it, usually it's like, oh, well, you know, with time, it's going to be hard. But there is this dead silence, which really we should have got from that, oh, no, your baby's about to die in a minute. Like, you're going right. to... That's, yeah. You're, but Tommy, you're, you're what better other... Tro- yeah, I was about to say, which other ones did you not see coming? <sighs> okay, well, the thing that I did see coming was... Of course, if we're going to, if there's going to be an imbalance of power that then gets, like, shifted, there's going to be a moment where she says... I don't need you. You need me. Like that I saw coming. What she did with that information. But what she did. You're so right. That's that seat in the closet was so sick. So she's dope. like, I loved that. this is my way out. I mean, it was, yeah. that was violent. That was so violent. Yeah. And like, I'm like, oh my, and I thought she died. I thought she died in that moment. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? That's what I was going like, to say. It's a risk. It's a huge yeah. risk for her because I was like, either one of two things will happen. Either this will go horribly wrong because you will in fact die because you yeah. just ingested this substance 
or you're going to get what you want, which is to go to the hospital and hopefully to get out of this situation in some sort of yeah. you know capacity. I don't think right. what she anticipated was how her mother or how Diane rather was still just going to not leave you know her side or take her out of her sight and was willing to do anything. Because I actually think that when that code was called, I think Diane pulled an alarm. Oh, like, she absolutely I, I, did. Absolutely, Diane, Diane said, pulled listen, an alarm. She said, I'm going to pull this alarm and I'm going to get my oh, child. But what they said was there was a code blue because uh, they said there was a code blue because their patient wasn't thing. And what I thought actually was Diane had something to do with that. I didn't think she pulled an alarm. I thought she pulled the plug on somebody that they, and they had to go run for that person. <laughs> I don't put and it past Diane. Was, yeah. That sounds like something yeah. Diane would do. Um, yeah, the yeah. other thing that surprised me was the significance of the title. And initially it was because I thought, okay, she's going to get the use of her legs back, right? And she's going to run. Like, that's what she's going to do. But it wasn't until she was in her mom's uh, secret wine basement and she saw that, like, that she had, that, that, that she, that wasn't her mom. And it was like, you know, um, she's still on the run. Like the, the, the lady who stole the baby is still on the run. And I was like, oh, okay, there it's, it, it just, it wasn't what I expected in terms of the significance of like the title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she pretty much will always be on the run or that's, that was kind of the idea I think behind the name. Like, you know, once you kidnap this child, that's it. You'll never know peace sort of, um, mm-hmm. in that regard. So I do have a question, you know, we talked about Sarah's performance. Uh, we talked about Pierce's performance, which honestly, they were both fantastic. Um, but, you know, this film is also hella white because they're pretty much, uh, uh, there's only one person of color with a speaking role. So it is Asian fully girl, white. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it is fully, fully white. So do you think that if they were to revamp this or if they would have used actors of color, who would you have put in I got this? it. So yes, go I ahead, came Drea. to my mind immediately. And, yes. and I, I didn't even think of it. Like, so first of all, Angela Bassett. Okay. Yes, and that's then, what I had. Yep. Yes. And then, yep. but then Kiki Palmer, because they that's did Ke- Akeel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, oh shit. And Angela, yes. Because they did yes. Akeelah and the B already. So we, they already know we that they have that bond. Like, oh my God, I could so see them doing yes. this. That's immediately <laughs> who I thought of. I mean, um, you know, I the one caveat I would have is obviously I would prefer to have, you know, someone um, who has a, a disability, like a non-able-bodied person in the role because it is a role specific to that. And that would make yeah. more sense. Um, but I only thought of Kiki and Angela because they have such similar tendencies. And honestly, because people really sleep on the two of them, like in terms of being in, in content together, like Kiki is actually a force. I miss Scream Queens. Like, I mean, she's not Her only movie, funny, but I think yeah. she could do it. So I'm like, you know, I feel like Her um, movie from pimp. that perspective. Yeah. Did you see? Yeah, she yeah. can do like, a lot of like Kiki's range. I feel like people really sleep on because she is very fantastic. much so. Um, but yes, I would not want um, kind of an able-bodied person to be in the role, you know, just because it's specifically written in this way for a reason. And I think it makes the most sense and we should have kind of those authentic castings. But I definitely thought of the two of them almost immediately because Angela can give you crazy mom in two seconds. I mean, it's like oh, we know. breathing for oh, Angela. So I'm like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I had a, I had a, who did you pick? I, so I, I was going to indigenize this script. Yes, yes. Um, the person I would want to see in, in uh, Chloe's role is Davery Jacobs. Um, she's an indigenous uh, Canadian actress and is was recently in The Lie, which is one of the Welcome to the Blumhouse new slate of horror films on uh, through Amazon. And then she was also... I watched it. Yeah, so she's like the one who like gets killed. 
Um, right. And she's like, she's 27, but she plays 17 all the time because she's never aged a day in her life. But then, like, yeah, uh, like she played like 15. Melanin. In that film. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, like 14 or 15. They were young and in the line. Melanin. <laughs> and she was also in uh, Blood Quantum, the zombie film from out of Canada. Um, and then what I was thinking for, because she always, she kind of plays like, um, I, I want to. I would like to see her because she kind of plays like like, like sly kind of like shit talking badass a lot, and I would like to see her get to flex her like vulnerability a little bit more um, and like determination and grit that I think she has as an actress that hasn't necessarily been uh, on display before. And then what I thought for the mother is Tamara Pademski, who took a long break from acting, uh, was like active like in the early two thousands and kind of came back and was she was most recently actually in. Um, uh, coincidentally, the HBO series run. Um, she played the cop in that who has like a romantic tryst with Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character. Um, and I want to see her because like she's she has so much range and I've seen other things that she's in and she's been in like shit ton of plays and musicals and stuff. And it's just like, I would love her to have the kind of like to be able to chew on this, something, a role mm. like this, because I know she has the range and it's just like pe- people like us very rarely get the opportunity. Yes. It's yes. coming. I hope so. These roles, these roles are, they are just the the fact that you have the job that you, you know, you, you have right now, Tommy, you know, that we get to do what we do with, with our podcast, you know, like we are creating these spaces and like, not only are we like a hot commodity right now, like we've always known we were. So, you know, it just took them, it took them long enough to get the the fucking hit, you know, to figure it out. And actually, you know what? No, I feel like they've always known. It's just taking them a while to, to want to admit it in public, you know, and not just in private. And so, you know, that's it. So, um, I have to ask you guys, cause this is a color grade podcast, you know, is this film color grade approved? Does it really represent kind of our stories? Well, I mean, it is, it's written and directed by people of color, but again, like I said, we only have one person with a speaking role. That's a person of color in this film. And I wouldn't even really call it a speaking role because it was maybe three lines. I mean, yeah. maybe. Like, I'm being generous at this point. And so if it's not color grade approved, is it still a color grade recommended watch? So I'll start with you, Tyler. Yeah. I think that it's based on the criteria for being color grade approved. It is not. Um, but in terms of representation and having a, a, a differently able person play the lead role, I, or I think that was, that would do, that would, that would point the needle in color grade recommended to me. Okay. 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 What about you, Drea? Yeah. It's again, I, I read the guidelines. I'm like, oh yeah, this does not follow any of these. This does not meet these guidelines, but I still enjoyed the shit out of this film. I enjoyed the performances. Um, what Tommy brought up about, you know, using an able-bodied person or a non-able-bodied person. Is, I'm sorry, am I saying that correctly? Or disabled person. Um, I was here uh, on the, the stand, you know, that new uh, Stephen King show starts tomorrow night or tonight at midnight. Oh, on the so tonight at midnight. Okay. But there's I'm a big, there's things. a big, there's a big protest because, uh, because there's a, uh, a person who can hear, but he's playing a, a person that can't hear in the film. Or, or in the show. So people are very upset about this. Uh, a yeah, non- I've, heard, I've heard a non- lot of yeah. things about this. So, you know, we're getting to this point, you know, they got mad at Brian Cranston when he did that thing with uh, that Kevin Hart movie. Kevin Hart movie. movie was good. But, you know, people just aren't here for that. They're like, shit, shit. And, you know, and I, Lord knows what we've been through watching our people get depicted. You know, I know how we feel about that. But it's like, where does this line we're, we're, when are we crossing lines in acting? Sometimes it's blatantly uh, obvious, 
And and maybe it's just that they're just like you said, there haven't been enough op- opportunities for, for disabled people and for people of color. And in order. And so we should be playing our roles. And I mean, why not? Here's the here's the ca- here's a caveat to this, and this is an angle mm-hmm. that I never thought about until I started writing for the screen and having making arguments for people who are depicted for queer, pe- queer people to play queer people for you know etc. And it's like if the, it's up to the person who's calling the shots, and mm-hmm. oftentimes what happens is if they can't hear the voice of the person or they don't know a character who could play them, then they don't write that character. So then they don't write the character as queer, or they don't they wouldn't write the character as being disabled if they didn't because like you know people and now are like. Well, we want to do it right, but if we can't do it right, then we'll just make the character regular, you know, or we'll make the character conventional or we'll make the character not queer, you know, and I've had some of these arguments in some of these rooms where it's like, I really, I see the character. I, I, I would, I would love to try to find the perfect person for this role, but if the person, if the exec isn't, and they ultimately call the shots and they cut the check. It doesn't matter how much I want the character to be a certain um, of a certain ethnicity or whatever. If if they're too worried about getting a takedown on Twitter, then they'll just make the character straight. That's like some. And that's what's changing is the fact that we get to create our own content. We don't need these execs with their big checks anymore. Because all we need is to you know the power of our words, get it out there. And I honestly, I truly, and will always believe in that. And at the end of the day, you know, we know who's going down at the end of the day. This Listen, administration, well, anybody that supports that you, it. I'm glad that you <laughs> brought that up, though, Tommy, just because it is kind of hard to figure out. I think like a lot of people, we just don't know what goes on behind the scenes in terms of like creating these characters and getting them on screen. So I think it is important to know like, OK, what's happening? But the shift has to happen. It's been happening. Uh, and we're thrilled about it. So yeah, for me, run is definitely not color grade approved. I mean, I was like, I need like, where are, it was so weird because I was like, you know, we could have just made the mailman a person of color. We could have like, there are so many different things, but there were, but then I would have hated to watch him die. Uh, yes, I would not have wanted him to die, but I mean, it's still like, this is a very lily white world. Like truly when she went into that pharmacy to ask the pharmacist what the pill was, everyone in that line was white. And I was like, y'all don't yeah. have any, I mean, like truly they're just white people everywhere. When they were in the movie theater, I was like, where are the people of color? It was just <laughs> white people. And I was like, okay. So, um, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, uh, from that standpoint, I'm like, no, but is it recommended? Yes. Because I do think that, you know, people need to see Sarah Paulson, just be Sarah Paulson. Um, <laughs> now I just kind of feel like this is a part of her personality almost like I don't know um she needs to be kind of this peak uh white woman in this regard uh, <laughs> and the performances are great like Kira Allen as a newcomer um to film fantastic I thought she like knocked it out of the park um and you know like you could really feel her pain um even just through her facial really? expression so I thought she was really good so yeah I feel like I want people to watch it but also guys next time um <laughs> you know just to the director and the writer y'all are POCs next time toss a little bit more of us in there you know like (laughs) that's all I need that's all I'm asking for so um just thank you guys so much for joining this episode of the color grade it was super fun I love it you guys will definitely have to come back so I will start with you Drea please plug your stuff tell everyone what you're up to next and where they can find you on social media 
Well, you know, I'm just out here. I'm staying busy and creative. Um, we have our, the next season of our podcast, Scream Queen, is coming out pretty soon. So I'm really about to take the production side of that like to the next level. Uh, that's that's something that's happening. I'm also about to launch my new site and company, Hey Girl Hey, and so stay tuned for that. Yes. Hey, girl. Hey. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. Tommy, where can everyone find you on social media? What are you up to next? Yeah. So I, you know, I got off the Twitters and all that kind of stuff, kind of like, uh, like as the start of the pandemic, because of my tendency to dual, uh, doom scroll. But I do still have an Instagram that's Hey Teebs, H E Y T E B S on Instagram. Um, uh, Disney FX and Hulu just made the announcement that the TV show that I'm writing on, Reservation Dogs, will be coming out next fall, I believe. I'm not quite quite sure actually when it's going to drop, but um, it's the first all Native writers room in the history of Hollywood, so we are coming for your jobs i'm sorry to say um and yeah and uh, i one of my my fourth book feed just made it onto the new york times notables list of 2020 so you can check that out um you know definitely read my poetry and all that kind of stuff and uh yeah thank you for having us on i'd like to come back any single time you want to have us because this is a fun show and um you know we love to support the domino network yes yeah and we'll be having you on our show y'all will be yes, coming on ours i would love it absolutely I would love it. also my social yes. i forgot to say is at h-e-y-g-r-l-h-e-y hey girl hey that's me okay on instagram hey, girl, hey. Yes, I would love it, love it, love it. Y'all know, you know, I'm much like Tommy in the sense that um, I am a jumpy bitch. And so, you know, um, (laughs) I will close my eyes during a horror production. I'm really proud of myself for watching Run and nothing occurred. So I was like, ooh, yes, look at you. Okay. Um, But, you know, I know when I come into your space, I'm going to have to watch some true horror. And, you know, my eyes might be closed 98% of the time. We'll go easy on you ish. We'll go easy ish on you. I'll you'll try. be in good company because we'll probably have closed our eyes during the same parts and Drea can fill us in on what happened. Yes, like Drea, <laughs> what, what, what happened during that moment? So, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Well, everyone, thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Color Grade Podcast on all platforms now so you don't miss a brand new episode and follow us on social media at the Color Grade Pod. Uh, you can also follow me, your host, uh, KB, at the Lady KB on Instagram and Twitter. Till next time, thanks. And now for our next segment, Let KB Put You On. This week, I am recommending Netflix's series, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So it was unfortunately canceled, in my opinion, way too soon by Netflix. But on the other hand, the good news is you absolutely have four parts that you can stream right now in its entirety. So I will put a warning here. If you do not like things that are horror adjacent, uh, this might not be for you. Uh, But as everyone knows, I am a pretty scary person and I don't like things that are traditionally horror, but I made it through Lovecraft Country and I made it through Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. You know, I was a huge fan of the series uh, growing up, the primetime series series that used to come on TV starring Melissa Joan Hart. It was a lot lighter, a lot campier. Um, and this is definitely not the same in that regard. The tone is completely different. It is a lot darker figuratively and literally like the lighting is so dark on the show. Um, but it is a supernatural dark fantasy based on the famed Archie comic of the same name. So one of my absolute all-time favorite showrunners, Roberto, uh, who does one of my all-time fave on TV right now, Riverdale, uh, also, you know, was a showrunner for this show. And it's still centered on Sabrina Spellman, but, you know, really it's about Sabrina becoming 
and and just owning her power as the 16 year old witch that she is so we still get some love from her auntie she still lives with her two aunties hilda and zelda uh and we still get some comic relief uh but this time we get a lot more teenage angst and we get a lot more trouble um you know the dark lord makes an appearance lilith makes an appearance um there is no shortage of witchcraft in here um there's also no shortage of otherworldly super supernatural beings as well. Uh, there is no shortage of a struggle for power and power dynamics as well. And of course, it would not be a Roberto production if it did not give us a love triangle. And we definitely have that. So we have Sabrina, we have uh, we have her boyfriend, Harvey, who we were used to seeing in the primetime episodes. But this time we get a little special treat. And uh, the third person in this love triangle is Nicholas, who happens to be a warlock. So yes, yes, yes. My recommendation uh, is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Only four parts. You can see all four now. It's a wild roller coaster. There's so much that happens. So much. Um, But I actually enjoyed every minute of it. And if I can withstand it, you can too. Um, Also, the writing is fantastic. And, uh, you know, shout out. There is someone, I will not name her, but there is someone that I went to high school with who was a writer on this show and shout out to her because she did her thing uh and i'm super proud but yes absolutely like this is uh your show if you like darkness and magic and otherworldly beings uh and the unknown and some really good eye candy uh and if you love seeing three black women kind of own their 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 physical, literal, and just all of the embodiment of of black girl magic, and you know, I also have to shout out, you know, Sabrina has a cousin in this Ambrose, uh, and so if you want to see some black boy joy and some black brilliance as well, uh, shout out to him in that. So you know, yes, yes, yes to all of the actors. Um, I feel like this cast was really perfectly put together. Uh, and I'm going to miss this show so dearly, but you can watch it right now on Netflix. So my film recommendation is going to be giving voice a fantastic 2020 documentary uh, that really follows the annual August Wilson monologue competition. It's beautiful. I mean, I started this documentary and was weeping within the first 10 minutes. I mean, nothing brings me greater joy than seeing black and brown kids live out and pursue their dreams. And this competition is steep. You know, thousands of high school students really vie for the opportunity to perform an August Wilson piece on Broadway. Uh, so the competition is steep, but these kids, oh my goodness, these performers, these artists, they're so talented. They're so brilliant. They're so, so green and just so, so bright eyed. And it's incredibly wonderful to see. You know, they're all so talented and they have so much heart and just being able to get to understand um, a subset of these students who competed in this competition and understand their home life and everything that they're going through was just a joy to watch on screen. Uh, and it just is, is a beautiful thing that took me back to my own competition days and watching my friends compete in various competitions and just knowing what that felt like. So I 100% recommend giving voice currently streaming on Netflix. It was absolutely amazing. It happened to be released last year at at 2020 Sundance. Now, um, you know, 
You have the opportunity to see it from your homes via Netflix. So thank you so much for that. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Color Grade Podcast. I'm your host, KB, and you can find me on social media at the Lady KB, at the Lady K-A-Y-B on Instagram and Twitter. Also, please follow the Color Grade Podcast on all social media platforms at Color Grade Pod. The Color Grade is produced by Domino Sound with lead producer and editing by Randy Chapman. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.